there. Welcome to Space Bras, the science fiction movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Mary, and with me is an 18-wheelers worth of personality compactly set into a normal-sized woman's body, Kate. What's up, girl? Woohoo! <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Do you like that? Is that flattering? I'm, I tried to make I, it flattering. I've decided it's flattering. <laughs> I think it's flattering. I think it's flattering. No, I'm good. I love it. Uh, hey, Mary, uh, you know who was in the news recently? Like, recently is probably August 12th, whatever. Anyway, Mitch McConnell. Uh, more McConnell. like Bitch McConnell. Oh! Yeah, uh, Mitch McConnell's team trying to co-opt Lizzo to uh, promote them. <laughs> so which dumb. It's just the worst. No, who, so it was, What uh, intern had that idea? No, so it was it was someone on the campaign who like took a photo of themselves outside of like Mitch McConnell's office, like holding like a I support Mitch sign or something that was like, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100 percent that Mitch. And that was it. <laughs> and then Mitch McConnell's. <laughs> what an I know, like, which is just like bad. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Team Mitch, the uh, the official Twitter account of Mitch McConnell's reelection campaign, uh, tweeted fresh photos with the bomb lighting with uh, a white woman like f- like doing the hair flip thing three times. And I'm oh, like, no. even. Oh, no. I, it's just bad. It's just bad on every level. But Do it's you just bad the they... way the other things that make me cry on the news, you know. This is just... No, no, no. That's just that's just This foolishness. is gratuitous. That's just foolish. Foolish. Shall we get McFeasting? Yeah, yeah. McFeasting yeah. on Mitch McConnell's flesh. As as we are witness going to Valhalla with Mad Max Fury Road. Woo! <laughs> well, let's dive right in. So we're gonna be talking about Mad Max Fury Road, and we are Pleased and delighted to be joined by Thomas Johnston, uh, my other favorite Johnston sibling, um, who is... Uh, Thomas, why did you want to talk about Mad Max Fury Road? Witness me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I definitely wanted to talk about Mad Max Fury Road because it was the last movie I watched in theater before I became a father. And it was also the first movie I saw in the theater after I became a father. Which does make it sound like my daughter was born in the movie theater, which is, is not true. I just, <laughs> I was like, what I just what saw it twice like, uh... in, like, in like two weeks. Uh, yeah, and a father of a daughter, so yeah, you know, yeah, you, you were go. like, you were like, Furiosa like... Johnston wasn't really flying with the family. So, god damn it, I was about to make that same joke. I was about to be like, I was about to be like, you held your th- two day old baby girl and said, Furiosa Mildred Johnston, I love you, but I gotta go see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Furiosa Joe Bassa, yeah, no, but this this is this is a great action movie um, with um, I think fairly overt feminist themes, which is which is cool. Um, yeah, and what a surprise this movie was! I mean, if 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 somebody told you that they were going to make a sequel to a franchise that had been dormant for thirty years, oh, and also it's not like it's a reboot or anything. The same guys who direct the same guy who directed the old movies was going to direct the new movie. Who, who thinks that would be a good movie, that the movie you're getting is going to be yeah. something good or fresh or relevant feeling? And so, absolutely. And did good he on do, George Miller. Did like, George good on Miller him. do all of the Mad Max? I've seen, I like, yes. Yes. I like the yes. original Mad Max. I have not seen anything past the second one, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. There's, he, only, he, there's only three in the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've not seen and the he had one. he had an assistant director on um, three. He had a, uh, I think a 
friends and maybe one, a guy who worked on the movies with him. I should know this more, but I don't. Um, had some sort of like like plane crash or something terrible like that. So he was oh he was grieving when he was when he did Mad Max Three, and so had had a uh, assistant director help him and stuff. But he's it's all sad. him. Yeah, that is very sad. But he's back. Damn it, Thomas! Why did it bring us down? <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, like you know, it's fine. He. Uh, <laughs> Well, but 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 also, this is a movie about sacrifice and sorrow and co- coping with your Trauma. demons. Also, yeah. a lot of people die in this movie. A lot of people yes. die in this movie. Yeah. Big, high, high body high, count. High body count. Mm-hmm. It uh, has the 100%. body count I wanted for 50-foot women. Oh. I agree with that times a thousand. Listen to our podcast of a movie from the 50s that definitely didn't kill enough people. Not anyway. enough blood spilled. In my opinion, and that's insufficient honestly... dead child sold child child question mark soldiers. Um, no, no, no. I no. We uh, were not saying that Mad Max didn't people. have a high enough body count. It's it's the 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 attack of the fifty foot woman who had like oh, yeah, no. two like two. I want I want to see some like angry female rage take out like a bar. That's like you know? hardly a rampage. That's and those people it's deserve not a rampage. Those people deserve to be rampaged on. They do. Some men just can... need killing. I don't. Um, fictional. It's really men. funny. Fictional. It's really funny. We're going to be talking a little bit about men's rights activists, and I'm really glad we have a. Uh, a cishet straight uh, oh, white male. I, I also said het and cis, so you know what het and straight, whatever. Bottom line, straight, straight but not narrow. It's great. We have a we have a we have a token we have a token man. We have a token colonizing oppressor here in the studio today. You're my favorite colonizing oppressor. If it makes you feel any me too. I'm a big fan. I'm one of the good ones. You're reliable, as uh, <laughs> as Furiosa uses to describe Max, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Nux. Uh, shall I give us a little plot overview? Yes, please. Absolutely. Please. So, uh, we start Mad Max Fury Road uh, as the fourth movie in a, tr- in a series that had already happened, but we're in a post-apocalyptic world where first an energy crisis uh, causes... Gasoline, now called guzzling, to be uh, prized among everything. Then there's a water shortage. And so now we are in an impressive world where everything is run by someone who uh, controls the produce in the water, uh, someone else who controls all the bullets, and someone else who controls all the gasoline. And Furiosa, uh, Imperator, and by that we mean, like I guess, Roman commander of uh, this toxic male regime that literally enslaves people, is ostensibly on a run to go and pick up some uh, gas from Gastown and instead takes a detour because she is saving uh, some sex slaves or breeders from a Morton Joe, the uh, terrifyingly evil uh, white patriarch, and crosses paths with uh, our titular Mad Max as they try to find uh, redemption and hope. So that is my plot overview. Yeah, Fur- Furiosa's popping out to get some smokes, and she just never comes back. <laughs> Furiosa's on one of those classic runs where you need to get some gas, and what you're paying with it is breast milk. It's what yeah, it's where you have that thing scenario. where you have like hundreds of gallons of breast milk, you're and you're trading just... it for an equal quantity of guzzling. <laughs> you're like, it goes uh-huh. in the same thing. It's fine. to the people eater, the human calculator. Yeah, yeah. you know. So uh, I, I I wanted to start our conversation uh, about. Around this like apocalyptic view and what this uh, 
portented uh, future says about our present. But I kind of want to start there by talking about some of the language uh, in this post-apocalyptic world. Uh, if you watch the original Mad Max, it seems like it starts in a society that's like our society and devolves into this like costumed, uh, hilarious world. And it makes me think of the uh, Mad Max parody on Rick and Morty where uh, oh, yeah. Summer asks uh, one of these death stalkers if uh, they lost all the word books uh, because he keeps on talking about the before four times and like renaming things. He's like, you mean dictionaries? But like, seriously, the language in here is hilarious, but it also seems like sometimes like almost too heavy handed, but also like seems like intentional, like instead of just destiny, manifest destiny is um, is what they say. Like the soldiers are comma crazy soldiers instead of just kamikaze, you know, bullet farms instead of factories, uh, car worship because fuel's a thing. Um, <clears throat> in Valhalla, they want to go McFeasting, waters, aquacola. So you see like this post-capitalist like death rattle through the language and the etymology of the language. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to see like, what did you all think about these sometimes heavy-handed metaphors? Which ones work for you? Uh, what What do you think that they say about our world? before we dive into just larger apocalyptic landscape landscape. Yeah. Oh man, I, I, I love the way this this movie looks and feels. Like the world building is so oh lush. God, yeah. I think that the the movie and I, we're really only here to talk about the fourth movie, but I do think it is funny how the movies get progressively more and more bonkers and I feel mythic feeling. Yeah. Because like Mad Max one starts off as like sort of a biker revenge thing. Like Max's wife can go buy ice cream with their kid and and, and get killed. Um, where I, and then in the second one, the Road Warrior, which I think is the one probably most people have seen, um, if not this one, you know, the, the, he's in a fairly realistic, scrubby outback sort of setting. He has a dog. You know, there's this fortified oil rig. Fine. The bad guys are like punks with mohawks and stuff. So, like, things are things are kind of going off the rails in the third one. Uh, Tina Turner is there. There's a battle dome. And they're fighting over who's going to have the pig, sh- literal pig shit powered methane power plant. Also, there's a bunch of rogue children who live in a crashed airliner. OK, right. And then in this one, everything is just this stark desert. Um, he's fighting Imoton Joe, who's basically like an evil capitalist god pharaoh with with leukemic yep. warrior children cast, whatever, you know, like. And, and, you know, and there is no the only water you see is is being hauled up out of the ground and like everything has gone completely, completely, completely crazy, which I guess is sort of a recurrent theme, though. Also, again, yeah. I think we're going to say crazy a lot here and we mean it in a literary way, not in a like weird mental illness kind of. Yeah, you know, we're not that, trying to which shame is anyone important about mental illness uh, because because is right, right. Yeah. And it's a little bit tricky because I think because Mad Max is mad because he's quote unquote crazy he's traumatized. traumatized he is a he he is a or mad max one anyway is all about like how he's irrational the only response to the irrational insane world is to become mad yourself so yeah he's, no he's I, crazy I, max not angry max and, and i think he's also and i definitely want to talk about like the trauma bit. like right after we talk mm-hmm. about this apocalypse because i feel like that's such an important theme throughout yeah. uh yeah yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It, but but this movie this movie in particular is almost too detailed like when you look at this, must have been so <laughs> yeah. fun to do prop and set it design. Took like Ten years to make. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I I was read I read some interviews with George Miller, and he <laughs> wanted he wanted to make this very colorful. You see that there's a lot of fire. 
the guys in the white body powder look so awesome against that, like, cause <laughs> with like bare metal cars and then the, the desert stretching out all around him. Yeah. Um, but he wanted things to be colorful and beautiful with the idea that people make art out of trash and um, and, you know, like even crazy stuff, right? Like Imogen Joe's the, the dashboard of his car, the Giga Horse is decorated with all kinds of logos. There's a Tesla logo there. There's a uh, there's a like a badge for the fictional police force that Max is supposed to have belonged to, like just stuff like that. And why is it there? It doesn't have to be there. Who's yeah. going to notice that stuff? You know, the brake, the gas pedal on the war rig is uh, one of those things that you, you that you see in stores to like measure your shoe size. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of like like I don't know that. You know how they're, you know how like on the Lord of the Rings DVDs they have like like eight hours of making of documentaries. I would watch all of that about this movie. <laughs> I would like to. I would very much like to have a behind the scenes or even just like kind of like a, a world building and set. Like I want a Yordarowski's Dune about this movie, and yeah. except they're like except we then we made it hooray! Like that would be great. <laughs> yeah. that would be yeah. like, really good. Uh, but yeah. just like because right, this is famously um, there is no script for this movie. It's all done in storyboards, just like Jodorowsky's mm. Dune, right? Like he drew oh, yeah. out everything, and there are there are notes, right, which which include dialogue and things like that. But um, famously, um, some some Bobo interviewer asked Tom Hardy, he's like, "So you're like in an action movie, but it's like full of ladies. Is that a weird?" And Tom Hardy was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" And Tom Hardy like leaned into the mic and said. No. The only thing that sometimes worries me is that we don't have a script and then laughed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I love that from the very beginning, like in our titular screen, like we get uh, Tom Hardy as Mad Max and we on the exact same time on the exact same screen as Charlie's Theron as uh, Furiosa. It's really interesting that like throughout the movie, like we start. Uh, by seeing everything from Max's perspective. Like, we see Max, we see, like, what he's going through, we see his traumas, we see what he's experiencing, but by the end of the film, it we are, like, the camera flips. We see things through Furiosa's perspective. Like, there's a big action, like, sequence that it, with Mad Max that doesn't even occur on screen, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, that, really, it's a really cool, like, transition. Yeah, and, th- and that that th- the decision to do it that way also is, is so is a very awesome, badass, and also kind of understated way. Um, yeah. To keep the focus in the story, but like anything you can imagine that happens there is be- like right, like you know he's going off to kill this dude. He's got some guns. He's got a bunch of gas, and you're like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Then you see like the explosion, and then somebody's walking back towards it. They're about to shoot him. And they're like, oh, it's Max. Then he's co- then he's covered in blood. <laughs> Not oh, his not, own. It's not his blood. It's not his blood. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. It's and right. like it's a right. bunch of bullets and some supplies uh, yeah. towed behind him. So, you and know. then he washes his face with human breast milk. Gross. Which is Although, kind of funny because I mean, it feels like gross, again, just just so a violating. Yeah. Well, but it almost feels like a metaphor of like uh, to cleanse away the blood, like splashing this like literal embodiment of a uh, maternal uh, nourishment. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying, it seems so funny, right? Like. <laughs> We think about no, like human breast milk as if it's like almost kind of a sacred import, like it's sacred and important. You know, like I remember there was something someplace in New York that had human breast milk ice cream and people got all bent out of shape. This was many years ago, mm-hmm. got all bent out of shape about it. <laughs> um, and so the idea of like washing your face in it, you're like, no, that's special. <laughs> I think uh, for me, like, I think that it's so weird because I don't think anyone should think that period blood is gross. But for some reason, the idea of drinking breast milk 
grosses me out. I mean, I think it's because we see the women that they're literally milking like yeah, cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. no, no, no. And that, and that, I mean, I mean in general. But own, yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. And and yeah, it's so tough. in the beginning we see this scene where like there are a bunch of women like literally hooked up to like uh like cow like um yeah like a milking, milking machine. yeah machines and they're all like rocking these uh horrifying looking dolls uh mm-hmm. instead of babies and are wearing like kind of veils that kind of like makes it seem like maybe they consider that like this is considered to be almost spiritual or whatever but he like martin joe hands his son this thing of milk and he takes a sip he's like moo and i'm like Again, going back to the language, like <laughs> I do, I like speaking, speaking of the world building. I do like this constant, like fluid as a form of uh, oppression, taking fluid from the ground, like yeah. pumping it up, and then using that as your bargaining chip, and yeah. and having the gall to tell people that they shouldn't, they shouldn't don't uh, be become addicted, addicted to, water. to it, yeah, you, or. You will, res- you will, it will have a hold on you and you will resent its absence. Like, I am helping you right. by not giving mm-hmm. you water. And I'm like, I'm drinking like, a, you know, a can of like flavored sparkling water while I'm watching this. And I'm like, an addiction to water. I guess, yes, on a biological level, we all have an addiction to water. You are yeah. right. It's, yeah. it, it's called a, a basic human need. Um, yeah, but let's take his water speech, though. And replace the word water with healthcare. Yeah. And I think that you have some pretty contemporary <laughs> rhetoric that do not, what? my friends, become addicted to healthcare. It will take hold of you and you will resent its absence. Uh, yeah, potentially no, and that, even and that's the thing about money. This apocalypse. Don't yeah. get greedy with your welfare. Um, yeah. All right, yeah. But so to finish my my thought about the liquids, so we yeah. also so I think we have like the mother's milk, and then of course we have Ma- like Max is hooked up as a human blood bag. Like yeah. they're obsessed. They're obsessed with harvesting people's fluids and like yeah. pulling fluids out of people and using it. And I think it works so beautifully in a desert setting to yeah. have that as a constant ongoing uh, metaphor. Also, uh, shout out to Mad Max because he's a universal donor, just like me. Hooray! Oh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, you would be you would be a good full life blood bag then. Probably. Yes, they would love it. They would love. Me. Yeah, they, they would. They would. They would it's, keep you in a special cage. No, but, yeah, but also, and remember also the the whole reason they had the I loved I loved in the intro. Speaking of funny language, where and this is not from the from the post apocalyptic people. These are the during the the apocalyptic people, the people who are experiencing the apocalypse. apocalypse? Are, a, you, are you talking about the guy who's like it's it's guzzling idiot or whatever? Like no 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 no. no. I'm talking about stupid. the uh, the funny news newscasts at the beginning. Yeah, where you no, hear and, where yeah, they talk about ahead. nuclear skirmish, <laughs> <laughs> which which sounds like such an awesome like like that's exactly the kind of euphemism that that if we were having a nuclear war, they'd be like, well, it's just a nuclear skirmish, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's everything. Nuclear thermal skirmish, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but anyway, right? Like remember also that the the war ostensibly is over first ga- first oil and gas, and then later water. So. Yeah. The, the, the whole reason we're here is because of pumping fluids out of the ground. Yeah, precious yeah. fluids. The earth is sour. Yeah. We can't, like, really grow anything inside mm-hmm. of the earth. Um, no, what I was refer- referencing is, like, one of those first clips is, like, as as things are dis- devolving, is a guy saying, it's oil, stupid, instead of it's the economy, <laughs> stupid. You know, oh, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The George Bush, yeah. I do. Uh, I, I, love, I love those tiny throwaway jokes that literally you would not notice if you weren't watching this for a podcast. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. Oh, um, and also, like, I feel like it's cra- I feel like I feel like it's crazy to have to say this, but I do like that the movie is staunchly on the side 
that like there isn't there, that this connection between resources and control and power is corrupting and evil. Like the things mm-hmm. that yeah. these people are doing yeah. are evil. There's no ambiguity. And to your point, Tom is like with replace that with healthcare. Like that is evil. And that I think you know so. They're yeah. using very fundamental things to talk about it, but it right. also feels very like fresh and a little bit like contemporary and a little bit daring to approach in a like what I would think would be a traditional like you know kind of testosterone like yes. driven dumb movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like uh, uh, yes, yes. It's interesting because like you're reading. Quentin Tarantino saying it's like the best movie of 2015 and Steven Stoderbergh saying it was the best movie of 2015 and it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards and most of those people when you read are talking about like oh the filmic techniques and like the battles and like the fact that you have a sense of geography while you're in like this chase scene but like they got people to watch a movie that is not just tangentially feminist but is blatantly feminist that is blatantly like anti-capitalist like and that's incredible that's just it's fucking incredible because you're right with the world building they don't just like they don't just refer to these themes like they're there they're not subtext they are text and that's what i mean about like this language and stuff is that like it's kind of funny and heavy-handed but it also means that like we're not dancing around this like this is engaging it you know it's it's interesting that you bring up the uh, Academy Award because the one of the, the Academy Award that was won for this was won by the editor who's a woman named Margaret Sixel, who yeah, is actually George Miller's, George wife, Miller's wife, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And she didn't edit any of the other um, Mad Max movies, but she did edit some of George Miller's other movies like Babe and uh, Happy Feet. And um, I wait, wait, this, people, wait, people, this, this dude guy made this guy made yes, Babe. He made yes. Babe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, I yeah, so honestly, this guy, this guy honestly, made great an, movies, Mary. You didn't even an, know. Yeah. What an embarrassment of riches we have in front of us as a culture. Just, it's just spectacular. We got, we got Mad Max on one hand, Babe on the other, and I'm not gonna lie, I fucking love Babe. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, it's great. Babe is great. And, and, and actually, if you watch Babe Pig in the City and you realize how weird and detailed all the city, all of the city scenes are, you're like, oh yeah, this guy totally made that guy totally made this movie. <laughs> yeah. Wait, this he guy also made years. Yeah. He also made Babe. Pig in the city? Oh, I think so. I don't know. I ooh, this I have guy. To this guy is like my sequels are not left to chance. I I am going to finish the whole thing. No JJ oh. Abrams rude interrupting JJ Abrams right. no, no, in my was... stories. Apparently, uh, where and I want to talk about this maybe at the end, but like news dropped like very recently that even though uh, they had been in a legal battle, like his production company with Warner Brothers, that. Now Warner Brothers is fully on board with continuing with this trilogy, and is he, gonna he get has f- two movies planned. One, uh, both of which have Mad Max in them, but one of which is a Furiosa story. So oh, cool! cool. Yeah. So it's going to continue this universe. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yeah. but, any, but anyway, so he, people asked. He, I found some interview or something where they were talking to him about why he was using his wife, who doesn't do action movies, as the editor. And he says something, and I, I won't try to do an Australian accent or anything, because it says, because if a guy did it, it would look like every other action movie. Yeah. <laughs> which that like, is which super like, smart. Talk about some payoff. Uh, she took home an, yeah. she took home an Oscar for it, so. Yeah. Well, and, that's, and that is what all these uh, male filmmakers were talking about, was the editing. It's the thing right, that. Right, right, yeah. Like, this dialogue came up a lot around um, Game of Thrones, like, this idea of, like, where you're in a battle and, like, being actually rooted and. They're not wrong. Like, I'm never confused about who I'm watching and what is happening. And there are these great moments in there. Like, the first time uh, Max and Furiosa lock eyes, it is, like, 
the look of two like people who are slaves to a system like just acknowledging each other because he is on the front of a car and she's like literally <laughs> working against the system you know what i mean like it is we are both just objects but um but we can try you know it's a powerful moment yeah we are both Anyone objects but that? we are not things yeah. 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 I mean, I think, yeah. I think, I think, sort of in general, I, I would almost say like the dialogue is fine. People say a lot of goofy things. So some of that is the goofy language, but the dialogue can be a little bit goofy think, in this movie. I think most of it is because they say the goofiest shit. Like yeah, yeah. they're chanting but, V8. Like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but just to say though that, but the the nonverbal acting is really good, especially yeah, especially so between good. Charlie Theron and um and uh, Tom Hardy. Um, yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of like respect and care and it, it helps that max doesn't really talk for like the first half of the movie you know that yeah. the, the, the acting has to be number but there's a lot of good um there's a lot there's there's a lot of good nonverbal acting all over the place and i think that's that's got to be good directing or at least maybe, maybe even the comic book storyboarding kind of thing um yeah it makes gives it a real connect propulsive force which is great in a movie when which is basically about like a car chase and then a reverse car chase. <laughs> a car yeah, chase no, uh, east and a car chase west. Yes. Right. And that is, yeah, that is literally the entire movie. Um, it can be broken up two parts, maybe three if you want to talk about like the like brief prologue of an intro before the yeah, car sure. chase like east starts. And uh, but, the um, scene with the many mothers is like a little like mezzanine or an interlude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so like, kinda, so two like sort of, little landings, but like, but giant car chases and. And you're right. Like, it's funny. The first time we see uh, Max and Furiosa meet, uh, he, they've driven, she drove straight into a storm. Uh, this totally fully indoctrinated jackass, uh, Knox, right? That's his name. Uh, what's, Nux, yes, yeah. whatever. It's like, Nux. what a lovely day because he's like excited to die. And mm. like, Max has to stop him from blowing them up. And. He comes to, and Furiosa isn't that far away because she also drove straight into a storm, and that's not great for cars. And we see, like, him fire this gun, and that it does not work. So, like, he comes up, and he's holding them at gunpoint. But, like, I think that the reason why that's not so upsetting to us as, like, people who... Like, I automatically was already on Furiosa's side more than Max, even though this is, like, his vehicle, just by, like, seeing her and the fact that she is, like, actively doing something but it's interesting that like in this first like scene like even even that act of like holding them at gunpoint is like actually impotent you know mm-hmm. oh right because it doesn't work yeah yeah I, I actually and, love... and, we, and we and we the audience know that yeah you yeah know, we've I, seen audi- it. as an audience we know that like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's all a bluff. that's interesting i feel like i was on board with both of them i am on board with any man who's like i can't unchain myself from this guy guess i gotta bring him and the car door with me <laughs> yeah oh it's so <laughs> yeah, great yeah no for and sure then, it's and like then he, and, and, and funny stuff oh. in the beginning yeah, and that he sees makes people me through really the mirage I- and then it's the wives and it looks like it looks for a minute like some sort of like bad music video a bunch of women like hosing each other off in yeah, gauze yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly um i i and i and maybe this is to the editing like that there are a lot of scenes with the wives that could be like more male gazy more lecherous mm-hmm. more and I think they do a good job while being in this hilarious world where people wear crazy, ridiculous things of it not being too much of that. Mm-hmm. 
Would you all agree? Well, they walk a nice... I do. I, I think they walk a nice line with that where... I mean, like, yeah. definitely these... I, I love the scene where mm-hmm. the many mothers say, where did you find creatures like this when they're talking about the wives? I love yeah. that because the entire time you're watching them, like... For most of this movie, Furiosa and Max look like hell. Like, they look tired. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, like, they're, they're beautiful people. No, surely. They're, they're yeah. actors. Yeah, yeah. Everybody oh, in this movie is... Oh, my is, God. They are gorgeous humans yeah. Everybody in this movie on screen together. Yeah. But, yeah, they're made to look like... Yeah, like, yeah. she's missing an arm. Like, he's, like... Like, they're scarred. Life is, like, you know... Yeah. Yeah. But... Max but looks they, like he's gonna fall over for about yeah. They look <laughs> they look tired. They look like parents that have at least had a long road trip. Like they look yeah, bad. Yeah, no, yeah. like they look bad. Yeah. But uh, the wind- Furioso's like everything in this world hurts. Yeah. You know, yeah. like right, this is right, right. yeah, yeah. And but the the wives are very beautiful. Like they they're dewy. Mm-hmm. They're gorgeous. They're wear they're the only ones that where everyone else is wearing kind of like hardened clothes. Like Furiosa has that like like has like three huge leather belts on, and like mm-hmm. everyone yeah. else is wearing like combat boots. And they're dressed in sort of these like gauzy white pieces of clothing. I guess like of varying degrees of yeah. nothingness <laughs> over the course of it. And I think it's important, and and they are beautiful, and they are so different, and it's sort of like striking to see them. But at the same yeah. time, they're fleeing people who rape them on a regular basis, and they're fleeing and saying like, "We are not things. Do not objectify us. We are not objects." And that's like yeah. very important. That's inv- I think that that totally flips the script. If they didn't say those things, I think I would not like it as much. Like I would be of course, more no, but- critical. Of it, but I think the it's first- the juxtaposition between those mm-hmm. two things that make it so important. And it's not like we got to cover these ladies up because it's a feminist movie. Like that's not where we are as a culture. So yeah, no. The very first exposure we have to them is not is not their bodies. It is their words. It is like yeah. when uh, a Morton Joe walks into mm-hmm. the vault that he keeps yeah. them in, and it's, it's it, I mean it's this- not. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, it's great that the door is literally a bank vault door. Yeah, well, and and you go inside and, like, there's this, like, little pool that they've written around and, it like, as they pull back, like, the pool looks like sperm, by the way. I don't know if anyone else mm-hmm. yeah, saw yeah, that, yeah. but I it was, like, too, yeah. wild shit. And it was, like, you know, um, we are not things. Uh, no, our children will not be uh, warlords. warlords. Yeah, we, And then uh, on the wall, like, behind them, and it's, like, it says, like, who killed the world? And mm-hmm. instead of those just being, like, there for a second like they actually come back they're actually like you know almost like an anthem for these young women i kind of want to dive into talking about uh the role of trauma and mm-hmm. damage and uh almost on the converse hope which i feel like these women represent in this mm-hmm. film um yeah. we just to like get us introduced like we start with seeing max like reliving his trauma of like the people he's haunt he's haunted by both the living and the dead he's chased by the scavengers and he's haunted by the people he couldn't save and when he's like close to actually escaping this hell before he gets branded as one of a morton joe's like property uh he's stopped by his own he has a vision of a child he didn't save and that like makes him pause and is part of why he gets caught um thomas i know you want to talk about this yeah yeah uh, well, yeah i think that um that it it, so uh, so Max has, I think, maybe the first trauma we're really introduced to. He sort of seems to suffer from some kind of, like, PTSD. And he starts yeah. off almost animalistic. Um, he doesn't really talk. He talks – in the beginning, he kind of has a little monologue where he talks about how all, all humanity is operating on, this, on the single survival instinct kind of thing. Um, yeah. 
and we see that the i think sort of survival and trauma are like too big are like the one two punches of this but but anyway right so so max max is mad and starts off animalistic and sort of regains his humanity i would argue as sort of his character arc he starts off not talking and having long shaggy hair then later he's literally muzzled <laughs> and then yeah. sort of through I think I would contact with the wives and yeah, Furiosa. It's exposure to these women. Right. But, and, but not, and not in like a weird, like Victorian, like civilizing influence way. But, no, but he, he, you know, eventually like when he's giving Furiosa the life saving blood transfusion is when he finally tells her what his name is. Like, like well, they've gone yeah. this whole time and he hasn't, he hasn't even told her who he is. Yeah. It's, well, it's funny because I feel like the moment that introduces like, uh, their dynamic switching, uh, where like they suddenly are on the same side instead of side instead of him just holding her at gunpoint, is when they get into that like first canyon and Furious is like, "You might have to drive, you mm-hmm. know, like here's yeah. here's the code uh, to drive my rig." And when she gets like back in the car, like suddenly other people are shooting at us, so like you know we're on the same side. So like that could be like, it could be reduced down to the enemy of my enemy is my friend. But I think it's more, I am giving you a chance and I'm giving, like, I have hope that you, you can be my ally, you know, mm-hmm. like, and that is like the final like push, you know? Yeah. Mary, what yeah. were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh no, it's, it's all good. I mean, yeah, I think that like, so Furiosa has, trauma surround and, and, and I think her character arc is about incredible guilt and like a search for redemption right like yeah. she's served I am not even going to try to say all these crazy names she's served Joe as like <laughs> as Imitin Imitin Joe Imitin Joe it's, I thought it said Morton because it's like maybe. a mortal man yeah. or oh, whatever I don't know. yeah maybe 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 I don't know she served Joe I'm gonna call him Joe just call <laughs> me Joe, Joe. <laughs> um as you know, as one of his warriors, she's killed a lot of people probably for him. She's probably she's, trafficked some people too. She's caused some suffering. Um, if you read into her backstory, there's a whole comic behind this, oh. so there's like more to her. Um, which I did not read the comic, but I did read the uh, Wikipedia fan. Are not good. <laughs> uh, Mary, would you like to give us like the like a little bullet point summary of her background yeah. from the comics that you read? Yes. Well, I didn't read the comic, but I read the Wikipedia. No, 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 no. But yes. I didn't even read the summary. <laughs> yeah. So I. Yeah. So her background is based on. So as we know from the story, she and her mother Mary were ca- were captured and kidnapped, right? And it's like human mm-hmm. trafficking for sure. And her mom died, and she was left, and she was meant to be one of Joe's wives, and he raped her and she, repeatedly, and she couldn't, she never got pregnant, so they were like, you're barren, you're no good, and he just gave her to one of his other, like, war kings as, uh, as a wife to be his companion. And this guy apparently was like, you're kind of fun to have around. You can ride around in my rig, my war rig. And like, I'll teach you how war works. And when he died, she took over for him and like just rose to the ranks. So her arm, like she lost her arm in battle for Joe. She like carries that around with her. She's given up and sacrificed a lot to keep this man in power. And yeah, but but also to survive. Well, of, co- of, yeah, of, yeah, course, of course, but like, course. but this is this is why, she, why needs she needs redemption. redemption. Yeah, yes. this is why she needs redemption. Like, I don't think she has any illusion about the suffering she has put into the world by yeah. by way of this, and that makes her incredibly powerful as a character. Like, I agree. If you make her just a victim of circumstance, I think you strip her of a lot of her um, autonomy. Yeah, and and then pathos. Like, who doesn't? Who who has not found themselves in hard situations and like made a bad choice? 
mm-hmm. in that situation and now feels bad about it. Like that's like it's a very human emotion as opposed to her being like the angel of the war rig. She's not mm-hmm. that. And that's good. Yeah. That's a really yeah. solid well, thing. Yeah. We're all I mean, and the thing is, we're, you know, in the ways that this movie is timely and literal, you know, we're all complicit in oppression. And it's it. I I love everything you just said about Furiosa. Um, and I feel like in a way the same could be said about Max. Like maybe he like, you know, he starts off like definitely lower on the totem pole, but he feels guilty about the fact that like, I have thought in order to survive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I also did a bunch of reading about Max. So Max in the original story represents the moral man, as Thomas brought up in the beginning, moral man in an immoral world. And yeah. then he kind of his wife and his son are killed. By to- by this gang run by a guy named Toe Cutter, who is and, played who is played by the same actor who plays in Morton Joe, which I, is amazing. I, they're not supposed to be the same person, right? No, but, but it's just like nice yeah, synergy. Yeah, yeah. And then so basically, Mad Max is like a police officer. His wife and son are killed. Society is crumbling around him. He feels betrayed by the society that couldn't keep people safe. Right. So he rejects him. He drives out in the desert. He kills the hell out of Toe, toe Cutter and his gang. And then, like, it leaves, leaves, but leaves that fight embittered and disillusioned and mad, right? And I love in this movie how he's positioned, he's he's still there, right? I, I, I mean, like, you could, there are other people that that child he keeps having flashbacks to, but the only one that really makes sense to me is his son. Yeah. So it's not just, like, society failed. Because they even say failed. Papa, like, yeah. at, at some point. So, like... Well, it doesn't look anything like the baby, the literal yeah, 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 baby. Yeah, yeah. That Mad was Max's cast. son can't walk in the <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but I don't. But honestly, I don't really care. I have yeah, no yeah. like emotional tie to the original three, sure. and they were you know made a different time. And this movie is incredible looking, and I will carry it in my heart for forever. So, yeah. well, as far as also, I'm concerned, it's the only Mad Max. Well, well and also he's, he's mad, so like he might have had a relationship and like raised his dead phantom baby over time. Who knows? It yeah. doesn't matter. Who knows? Who knows? And, it doesn't and matter. And the second and third movies, and this one too, I think sort of have the pretext that they're maybe being told to you by people after the mm, fact. Mm-hmm. So I think it's sort of a mythic Mad Max cycle, if you will. Like, maybe you know, the Mad Max with many faces. It also yeah, explains yeah. why, like, Mad Max looks like he's like 35 in this movie, but he's like the apocalypse happened like 50-ish years ago. Like, wait, how? Eh, who cares? Well, no, and, that, and that's it. the thing. Like, yeah. this idea that, like, you all can't remember, but we remember, like, as though, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. people are ageless. But I love, uh, I love the conversation it has where in the first one, the first story and kind of repeated throughout the echoes for the first three are basically him just being like, society let me down and now I'm not going to be there for society. Like, I'm not, right. yeah. I, I'm, I'm going out. And then this one... He is he is in a position where he is able to help other people, right? Definitively, yeah. and he kind of yeah. always has that going on in all the movies. But like he's yeah. he's definitively able to help other people, and the way he helps them is he takes them back to a place where they can build a better society, and is like it is a a agent of hope, and that's beautiful. And he so he yeah. disappears. The first one he disappears from a society that is crumbling around him, disillusioned. In this one. He's still not fully repaired. He's a very damaged character, but yeah. he he at least believes enough in people to to facilitate the rebuild of a better world for everybody by well, bringing that, these women back. He yeah, and, I, he and I, Furiosa you, share some eye contact in that moment that you usually only see in romantic comedies. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Well, I mean, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. this sort of like, I see you. I see you seeing me. 
Yeah, no. This is going to be okay. You're, you're, you're on, you're, you're going to be okay. And then he. Actually, it's very much like the way we were with the Robert Redford and uh, Babs. That's <laughs> like the way they look at each other at the end when they're like, we can't be together because like, it's just not going to work out. But I respect you deeply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and also, I don't think there's I, any romantic dynamic to their. I mean, or if so, it's. No, there's no romantic. I mean, like, yeah, well, it, I don't think so. It, yeah, there. I think it's a deep respect in, in two people, like, kind of seeing each other. Um, I, again, I haven't watched the original trilogy, but, like, it does seem that this was the first time where the Mad Max movie ended with, instead of, like, people starting a sell, settlement somewhere or whatever, they're actually trying to, like, go and make a lasting change. Of course, mm-hmm. it's only a lasting change in this one area, but um, that felt like de- like a real departure from everything I've read about the originals. And I feel like part of that is because of um, these wives. So I kind of want to like contextualize this with them. Uh, you know, we see we've talked a little bit about the trauma that uh, Max has experienced, the trauma that Furiosa has experienced. And then we have uh, these young girls and, you know, when when they go to what was supposed to be the green place and instead, like, find a desert full of, like, these women, uh, there's this moment where one of them is, what is the blonde's name? Isn't it's Dag. Splendid yeah, the Dag. or whatever? The Dag. The, the Dag is the yes. name of the, the well, blonde? Yes, yes. The Dag. Yes. The Dag. There are, you can just call her Dag. Yeah, they're Splendid. Dag. Toast the knowing, Cheeto the fragile. Okay. Oh, okay, so that so those things, yeah. The dag. Okay, yeah, so but yeah, those are their names. The same thing is, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't capable. Don't mind. Yeah, capable is. I'm like, this is this is all very yeah, yeah. They have very awesome, They have awesome weird names. I mean, capable is the redhead. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the dag is talking to one of these older adult women warriors, and. Uh, Called it credited as keeper of seeds, but I like to call her seed granny. <laughs> it's got a rifle and in one hand and a purse full of seeds in the other. Well, it's just funny because it's a be- yeah, yeah, you know, it looks like an old lady purse to me. I yeah. think it's good. I think it's yeah. cool in that way. It's cool that way. So, so seed granny is talking about uh, how she's killed everyone that she's met, you know, and this young wife, the dag, says, "I thought somehow you girls are above all that." And it's this interesting moment because what makes these girls so powerful is that in this world, it seems like it takes a naivete, like, um, in order to be optimistic enough to have a vision for a better future. Like, they're able to imagine a world still where these women wouldn't have to use bullets on everyone. And by being able to, like, imagine these better worlds... They're able to, like, almost create a roadmap that, like, Max then, like, points them to. You know, like, if you all are able to see things being better, then maybe you all are the ones who can bring that about. What do you all think about that? Because, like, they're softer, but, like, by being innocent, they are, like, almost an agent for for healing and change. Yeah, I think, and I think the wives sort of, so the wives each have individual identity and agency and they do a good job with that. It's sort of too bad. We have to talk about them kind of collectively, but the wives represent, I think sort of the future and hope and like, like the idea that there is a world worth saving or that there's something to rebuild. And I think all of the, most of the major characters know this and seem to know it immediately. Immortan Joe is evil. 
but he understands that the wives are the future and he wants he wants to create healthy children you know through he like wants a to horrible control that future. yeah yeah he wants to control it and create it in his own image sort of um yeah Max, Max under, Furiosa definitely understands it and wants to sort of give them autonomy, but also they represent hope and, you know, sort of redemption for her. The uh, Vuvalini, the the warrior ladies, um, uh, realize that too. And I think that, and, uh, and Nux kind of seems to realize this over time too. And he finds his own sort of redemption through them. And also they have individual agency too. So, that, yeah. that, 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 you know, they are not they, they they are the future. They are hope for the future. But they also well, get a say, which is cool. You know, that, that, yeah, that's, that's a cool thing. Yeah, they all have their own hero moments. They're not yeah. all, they're yeah. not just awesome. symbols. Right, right. No, they're not. But but oh. it's but but sort of it's them. It's so sad that Angard dies. But but, um, and, but them as sort of this MacGuffin, uh, everybody, everybody immediately knows, who, like, like sort of who they are and what they really are. And and, and yeah. because. I mean, I would, what do you mean by what they really are? Oh, like, that, that, that like, they are, like that they are, they are the are. future. They are hope. They yeah. are, they are the dare to dream for a better, because like everything else is, is ugly and scarred and horrible. And I love, I yeah, although, no one else can even like imagine it. Like, right. you know, who killed the world is, is saying, but, but we could not, we could unkill it, you know? Yeah. I kind of think so. I, I, so Max doesn't have obvious deformities. Imogen Joe has like weird boils and stuff on his back. The Vuvalini seem to be intact, but we also kind of learned that most of them were born before before the, the bombs fell, you know, when they explained about the satellites and stuff. And they're old and there aren't very many of them left. And so, you know, kind of their society is maybe you know, you, th- their society needs some hope or needs some injection or something because they're not. The, the, well, they're, 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 they're struggling too. they're yeah, they're. And, they're you know, going to go extinct and they also have to shoot the guns. Right. Like, they're yeah, not actually right. above it. Like they're right. still. Right. Like beholden to a system instead of changing a system, they're just hiding from it. And that's right. yeah. that's what like the 160 days on a bike is them saying, well, let's just keep on hiding. But like, let's move further away. And that's why, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I have no, I do not mind that Max is the one who proposes this because he does it in such a way that's like, hey, it's up to you, lady. I don't really know. But like. I think maybe we should just go back and uh, create a better world. But like, it's up yeah. to you, Furio. So yeah, uh, it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. It's just yeah, yeah, like it's this movie's so good. Um, He's kind of an understated move, guy. Before oh, I just, uh, before I move on from that conversation between Dag and the Seed Granny, I wrote I, I like had a bunch of notes about that too. And I yeah, I kind of I kind of took like a totally different vibe. I mean, like I agree with everything you're saying, and I, I like that conversation. I also kind of understand where Seed Granny's coming from. Like, absolutely, oh, yeah. the dag is like the ho- like represents the hope, and like it's cool that she feels able to be like, I thought that you know, I thought we were going someplace better. Are you? Aren't you not better than this? And basically, yeah. the Seed Granny is like, look, I am the guardian of something very important. I am the gu- I am the guardian of hope in my own way. Check out my seed bag. This is how yeah. we're gonna eat. Like, this is important enough. Such that hmm. I do need to, to I do need to one bullet one man like I have to kill people sometimes, and but I'm also planting seeds unlike well, unlike well, she, she's yeah. carrying a different kind of hope right like so yeah. I think it's important and and to have and and of course they picked like the oldest woman to be the seed lady and the dag is like the youngest looking wife so you have that wonderful contrast mm-hmm. in this yeah. conversation but it made me think a lot about. When people, when uh, when people are like, well, no, but it's, we need moderate approaches. We can't have too much change. There can't be too much crazy action and civility. I'm like, 
I'm a seed granny. Sometimes you don't can't waste your time hoping that someone who's pointing a gun at you is going to be okay. Sometimes you have to do yeah. one bullet, one man. Sometimes yeah. you have something that's worth protecting so much that you that you can't you can't reach across the aisle, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You can't be the bigger person. You have to get down in the mud with them. And I think that that's well, kind of cool. <laughs> I No, I agree. And that's also Furiosa's, like, that's where she starts. Like, yeah. she's like, you know, it's more important to her to protect these women than anything else. Like, the way that she runs at Max when, like, uh, they're trying to cut, like, his chain for him is like, I'm not letting you take this. You know, I'm not letting you stop them. I'm not letting you hurt them. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is interesting that, like, somehow she would think that, like, we've seen Furiosa have to shoot up people that, like, these women wouldn't have to. But I think that that, I agree with everything you're saying. I just think that she represents the idea that, like, a reminder that there would, there might be able to be a world where that wouldn't be, like, the way that things have to be. Yeah, I don't think and, the, oh, go ahead. And I love that passing of the bag, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. the way that, like, that that knowledge spread meant that, like, while she was also the person to hand this bag to this woman to hold while she was dying, she's the one who's going to take it and bring it to a new world. It also has cool historical um, validity as well. Like, in one of our strongest and best bunkers that we have, we have a collection of, like, heirloom mm-hmm. seeds that are yeah. meticulously managed by a librarian, of course. Um, oh. So it's a real thing. Like, the keep keeping seeds and keeping them and, and trying to maintain our ability to grow things post, like, a nuclear incident is, yeah. is something that is baked into, be like, our, our American story, yeah, yeah. I think that this. Tell I don't think. I was just. I, I don't think the film is anti-violence. I don't think that anybody is lesser for being violent. I think that the motifs of there's a motif of survival. Um, and I like. I think yeah, that's kind of why. And it, th- there's this idea that you know uh, all of humanity is balanced on this knife edge. Like it's so funny. We talk about Immortan Joke as, as being having everything, but like you know, you get the sense that he has all of the water, right? That is in whatever you know. Thousands of miles. This, like, yeah, yeah. And his his, his armada of cars is like maybe what, like two or three dozen cars. You know, like like how many people are there? Like maybe you know, like like maybe less than a thousand between everything that's around here. Like there there is nothing that you know. These people are these people really we're really scraping the bottom of like you know humanity could well go extinct. Um, and uh, I think that there's this you know sort of. Uh, the, uh, when people when you're functioning on this survival level everyone is the only thing important is to key is to is for the survivors to survive and we see this a couple times when like initially max just wants to leave everybody and he drives and then he realizes that he has to let him in the truck but multiple times or, or well at, well or, I, lo- I love by the way that the moment that like convinces him to let them in the truck is when she's like okay but do you want that like mask off your face it's like Okay, but your, like, literal most personal grievance, I can fix that. And that is the thing, because that is how society works a lot, is, like, but if I can do something specifically for your comfort, you're going to want to work with me. Also, how how cool is the synergy between the shape of his, like, muzzle and the shape of the sawtooth uh, uh, Mm -hmm. chastity belts that the women chop off themselves? Yes! Really cool. Those, those, yeah, I, those bolt cutters get some good liberatory work throughout the... It know. also requires... Those bolt cutters are so heavy-duty, they require two wives to work them. One on right. each handle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but anyway, no, but like... So, 
so Furiosa initially tells Max, like, look, if if things go bad with this, you know, with this fake trade I'm going to try to make with these bikers in this canyon, just drive, leave them behind. And then well, later, I think she Max was going to do real trade. To be honest, oh maybe yeah, maybe all I'm cars kind of coming. Make, it yeah. was like there. You all aren't dropping the rocks, and yeah. if you're waiting to like get just like if I don't drive away, you might just try and bargain your way into like sure. taking the gasoline and keeping me as a prisoner. Sure, you sure. Know? But but she tells but him, ahead. you know, it's kind of an idea of like leave me behind. The mission is more the the future. The hope is more important than me. Then yep. later, when Splendid falls or when uh, yeah, Splendid falls off, the, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, falls off the truck and gets crushed, right? And we don't see that because it's not, you know, a horrible movie. But they say, did you know, we have to turn back and get her. And Max says she went under the wheels. And Fio said, like, asked me, like, did you see it? And he gets this, like, weird, like, thousand yard stare. And he says she went under the wheels. But I think really it's kind of like he has to convince himself that that's what he saw because they can't turn back because they have to keep going. They can't. To, you know, he had he yeah. can't he can't he he cannot allow for himself to imagine that she will get recaptured because he can't, you know, it, the mission, right? Then later, when yeah. he goes off to kill the bullet farmer, he basically is like, look, if I don't come back, just if I'm not back in time, just just go, just leave. And, yeah, that's, and like, I think- that's a classic Tom Hardy. He makes kind of these like like lovable meatball faces. He makes a really good one in that scene where, <laughs> where she's like, well, what if you don't come back by the time we pull the truck out? He's like, well, you keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. But 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 anyway, and I think that's kind of I think that's, I'm I'm just gonna real quickly interrupt uh and do what I did on our Jurassic Park uh podcast. Tom Hardy, what a babe, am yeah. I right? Uh, yeah. He's a total lesbian. No, yeah, I uh yes, yeah, says <laughs> the ostensibly babe. straight man. What a babe. <laughs> what a babe. Anyway, sorry, Tom. Oh, just anyway, but anyway, so like just there's this idea that like like the survival and I think that might be kind of why they kill off Splendid, right? Because she's like the boss wife and you know, seems to be well, sweet for everybody. And I think it's sort of almost yeah. like a, you know, that you know shit goes bad still go on right yeah she's not there right yeah yeah everybody has to be their own person everybody has to keep going and it's but it's not like a it's almost a collective like we all have to go forward it's not a like because i think max kind of starts out in a like f you i got mine sort of individual thing but one thousand percent if this is gonna work we all have to pull together and no and no person is is indispensable you know like that's sort of that sort of survival message there's um, that moment after uh, Angard the Splendid dies when uh, Cheeto the Fragile is like basically trying to run after them and be like, take us back. Life wasn't so bad. And uh, the dad is like, you can wring your hands, you can cry, but you're not going back to him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, right, right, yeah. you know, you're, you're allowed to like have feelings. And, and at some, you know, they say like, who killed the world? And she's like, those are her words. And she's like, yeah, but she's dead. And it's like, doesn't changed the fact that these words are important and they're real and that Angard, I feel like the splendid what's so sad about her dying is she seems to have been the spark mm-hmm. she seems yeah. to have right. been like the yeah. one to push back like the yep. one to like mm-hmm. negotiate this future for everyone else and so it's sad she can't see it but that's also the cost of um of changing the world and they give us a lot of nice moments where you feel like she is willing to take those risks, right? I mean, like, she's yeah. like, she's hugely pregnant and she's like climbing around on the outside of a truck, which is wild. No, I'm yeah. like, she shields I'm Furiosa like, with her body. She shields Furiosa by being like, look, you're going to have to shoot your like pregnant sex slave. Yeah. Well, hugely pregnant sex slave. Well, even worse still, she knows the joke and he says it to her in that moment. He's like, that's my property. Right. And I think he's talking about yeah. the baby. Yeah, I think it's which, clear yeah. to me. Yeah, he's talking about the, the unborn child, not about her. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty great. I mean, like her her whole like the whole her whole story arc just feels so important in this moment. Like the like when she is when she is, you know, in the back of the car dying and they're like, just cut her open, try to save the baby. Like that whole thing feels so, so important as we as we grapple with. Um, oh yeah! Very frightening abortion laws, right? The organic yeah, mechanic. abortion laws that are like you must carry a, a dead fetus term, or you know the woman's life is not more important than a fetus. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. She's very. She's a. She's a good old Immortan Joe making laws in the United States. <laughs> Isn't it great when your congressmen are basically a Martin Joe? Man, I wish I wish my congressman would be like wearing like a weird gas mask with horse teeth glued on it. Oh, how goofy is the part where he's holding Splendid's dead body though, and his mouth, the mouth on his mask is open, and you're like, that's yeah. not his face. It doesn't move when he talks. Like, does he like does he does he like uncrank the jaw to like show that he's especially sad? Like that that's that it, that's a weird part, but. They sh- I agree. They probably should have just put the teeth back normal. <laughs> it's, it's funny how, like, Joe has sons with, like, bananas names. It's kind of the same way that, like, Mad Max's son is named Sprog. <laughs> like, like what the heck? Or Furiosa, whose who's given name apparently is Furiosa. That's not her, like, her Thomas, like Joe Thomas. slave name. They're Australian. Yeah, I guess. But like, <laughs> but okay, like her, but also, her mom's also, name is Mary hilarious. Joe. And it's like, and this is my daughter, Furiosa. <laughs> I thought I mean, it was like just as something like yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but whatever. No, but, but when, when she meets I, I them, they give her a hug it. and they're like, "That's our Furiosa." <laughs> you're like, "Wait, really?" But, anyway. but also, like, it's hilarious that her name is Furiosa, and we're on the Fury Road, and like, right. you and, know, and, like, and is Furiosa like the female version of Mad, like Mad Max, like Mad Max and his buddy, like you know, Angry Furious. Jane? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, but anyway, Mad but, Max and Furious Jane. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. But but anyway, no, 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 no. Furious. What's a what's an F name for a woman? Oh, uh, Felicity. Fiona. Furious. Furious Fiona. Furious Felicity sounds a little bit too. Furious Fiona. Either of those don't work. So just yeah. like Furious Jane's better. Anyway, go ahead. But anyway, we also meet the um, we meet sort of the. Uh, it seems like they're like Immortan Joe's like lieutenants or are they like allied? But we meet the bullet farmer, the guy who runs the gun farm. Who, yeah, I think that I think that they're it's like crime families. And they're yeah, like, could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. they're like know, the other cooperative yeah. crime families. Right. Sure He's Don Corleone and they're like the other. Oh, ones. yeah. No, you're right. They are literally called warlords. They're warlords. <laughs> yeah. So, right, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. He's like, did you all watch this movie? <laughs> um, but he has. He has dictionary <laughs> defines warlord as. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but just to say, I don't. They seem like they might be a little bit subordinate to him, or yeah. But um, I, more, I'm it, not sure if they're subordinate. Yeah, so yeah. Or are they like, just like they, his they buddy. just don't want to piss him off. Yeah, or but, like, they all need each other. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they're all this for family squabble. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, right. they're they're, they seem, they're the they are literally the Illuminati. They're the old men. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. They seem right. they seem like all of our worlds. They also seem like similar types of people. So I think it's just like the yeah, like old white men. Well, they would all the, be golfing at Mar-a-Lago if right, it was right. a different time. In the comic yeah. book, yeah. we learned that the, we learned that the <laughs> no, seriously, in the comic book, we learned that the bullet farmer was one of Immortan Joe's like lieutenants or something. And his name is Major Kalashnikov, like that, like AK-47. Awesome. Um, yeah. But he right, he has he wearing he's wearing like bullets all over his body. He has he ha- kind of looks like he's wearing like a kafia, you know, the the Arabic headdress. But I thought about this. It also could be a judicial wig. 
that that, that that's made what out of I bullets. thought it was. Yeah, I thought I, I thought he was like a like a judge and executioner. Right, right. And type. then he loses his right. eyes, his agent of justice, whatever. Anyway, he has yeah, because he calls himself the scales of justice. Yeah, and, and his, justice is blind. Yeah, yeah, and his teeth are functional bullets. Um, but yeah. he's not wearing a gas mask of any sort. And so th- th- there's this idea that maybe like the masks represent this obsession with purity and trying to stay clean and healthy or something like that. Mm. And the other guy, the people leader is a bank yeah. is in the comics is, is yeah, supposed to be some, like a, some banker, but well, yeah, he looks like a, banker. yeah, he's wearing like a like, business an suit, old tiny banker who just also happens to have his nipples pierced. Right. Yeah. And then like a gold <laughs> nose and like a terrible, weird, horrible, diseased foot <laughs> that is fascinatingly gross. <laughs> That's what a great weird reveal that is. Um, but anyway, and he also is a gas mask, right? And he and he's he's the human calculator, and he tells Joe how much um, how much is being used up on this family squabble. We're down thirty thousand units of gasoline, nineteen canisters of nitro, twelve assault bikes, seven pursuit vehicles. The deficit mounts, and now you, sir, have a stuck in a quagmire, which does kind of sound a little bit. Um, like something that would be said to George W. Bush at some point um, in yeah. his presidency. Yeah, but, I agree. But, but yes, we have a Morton Joe who is like a literal white powdered patriarch with a diseased body. He's yes. covering up with army armor whose two friends, whose best friends are the literal embodiment of like the military industrial complex. But they don't wear gas masks because and capitalism. I, right. Capitalism and, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're wearing the mask. I think they don't wear gas masks because they don't hope for a better world. They are the world and they're just fine with it. Um, yeah. And I think that so like the difference is that it weren't Joe maybe sort of uh, and, and because they don't understand the value of the wives. Well, they he think calls it's himself dumb. like a redeemer. Right. You know, yeah. like like he, he started he, his, his own weird BS religion is around. Yeah. Yeah. Is around like. Raising people up, um, what by giving them gas-powered cars or something? Yeah, the cult of the V eight, man. V eight. V eight. I just made. I just made the sign myself here. <laughs> I think I'm gonna convert to Immortan Joeism. Maybe like reform, <laughs> like liberal Immortan Joeism. I do. Uh, don't think it exists. By <laughs> no, it do- witness definitely me, doesn't. Witness me. Witness me. So, make, don't you want to make feast with the heroes of old? <laughs> So Feast in Valhalla. Yeah. The cult. So uh, it has a name. The cult of V8 is Joe's religion. He is the god. Right. Yeah. And the the belief is that the V8 engine is the source of all of the war boys strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, And is also like some sort of power conduit between the world that they live in, the wasteland and the afterlife of Valhalla, which now I realize is a is a like a Volvoline reference, which I think is really oh awesome. maybe yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought Valhalla was uh, like, like like yeah like Norse mythology yeah, of course it, it yeah, is yeah. but the way they say it it's like Volvoline Valhalla like it's Vol-Vala. it's weird <laughs> yeah it's Vol-Vala? weird yeah yeah sure so I think that there's that's the connection from like the engines mm-hmm. um, and. It's basically a, a religion built around uh, making people not value their own lives, which is like in great contrast, I think, with what you're saying with like kind of purity and like, I want to live forever. I'm going to only breathe the good air. Meanwhile, it's considered great in my religion if you're a half life as opposed to a full life because it acknowledges that your life will be short, but like glorious carrying out yeah. an emo- like, yeah, carrying out important work. Um, and and that's and they also they do like crazy stuff. I mean, like the the spray painting of their teeth and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Like they well, have well, no. It, it's it definitely feels like that's like them like getting like huffing, but like literally cr- like 
Because he talks about like I never out. thought I'd do something so shine. Like going back to the language, like it's all <laughs> yeah, around like shine and of, chrome. Like, chrome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you have a you have a god that won't even breathe the same air as you, but insists that you literally spray paint your mouth silver right yeah. before you die for him. Like that's yeah. a yeah. crazy combination of things that yeah. And that is the morality, right? This is the morality that uh, Joe has built into mm-hmm. his society. This is, this is their religion, right? And it's entirely based around not having a future, not being hopeful, dying mm-hmm. young, dying fast, dying mm-hmm. violently. It's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a rough scene. It is a rough scene. And You're how, not wrong. And how cool is it that most of this is kind of inferred? I mean, some of it is like explicitly like told to us, but... That you know, well, a lot of a lot of the cult the, the of the V8 stuff is sort of figured that, like, out. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. The film's structured in a way, and you're right. Like with the rich text and all of the language, like it's heavy-handed language. But by using that, you don't have to do exposition. Yeah, like no. we understand. No, nobody like, ever sits called down. Aquacola <laughs> and McFeasting and right, right. Like we understand the post-capitalist. Like <laughs> there's notions. not a, there's not a weird scene where like <laughs> Max sits down with Nux and is like, hey man. <laughs> Why do you have a schematic for an engine block tattooed on your chest? Oh, this. Well, actually, it's my religion. Oh, is that why you why your skin's painted white too? Oh, yes, it is. There's what does it mean? You, why do you keep saying "witness me" and spraying paint in your face? Oh, it's because I don't value my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's why, very... why do you, why do you say it's a glorious day when you're literally next to a tornado in a, like yeah. a thunderstorm? Like, what, you know? what's with all, what's with all the weird steering wheels? Oh, let me tell you. Okay, so we have this faith that's called the cult of the V8, and Morton Joe is our god, and also a little bit like Jesus. <laughs> um, I do, I do no, appreciate the entire, the entire uh, like the story is devoid of exposition. Sally's, we don't yeah. get any exposition. Yeah, it's fine. By, we by don't not, need it by by using mainly storyboards and with some notes on dialogue. You're right. We don't get a lot of exposition. Nope. Yeah. The closest thing we do is getting these women, like the wives, that repeat like these phrases. But that doesn't feel like exposition. Those feel like again anthems like uh yeah, mantras yeah, it, like you know like the word like their words you know yeah. like and in a sense for people who have been enslaved you know like how empowered for them to be able to say it Ooh, I, something else that i want to say about joe's objectification you notice that only three of the wives have chastity belts on there are only three that are remained right so of course splendid is already heavily pregnant and we later find out that the dag is also pregnant yeah and so i think that this reveals something about joe too where like it's not about sex it's about kids. It's about make, you know, it's not sexual jealousy that he is putting these on. It's to make sure that his children are the children. And I think reinforces both his viewing of people and thi- people as things and also his like dark commitment to the future. Right. You know, he it's, wants it's, to yeah. keep, he doesn't, the, the chastity belt necessi- sort of keep people out, not to, yeah. or, you know, you know what I mean? It's not like he's worried that the wives it's are unfaithful. It's to make sure his seed is yeah, right. his, yes. in my his image children that the future only. continues. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I we've mentioned a bunch of times like the the white powder and oh, like yeah. it, it is hilarious because like it is like <laughs> making yourself whiter in a white supremacy, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's also fascinating that it seems like he kind of needs this powder because of all of his sores. Like yeah, yeah. it is like a, a source of comfort, and so therefore he is like made it his religion. Like I need this because literally my body is deformed, so therefore. Everyone needs this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He's um, like, I will not look weird. You all can be the same. <laughs> you also have to put eye makeup on so your heads look like skulls. Do it. 
But your also, eyebrows how, are not bushy enough. Make them bushier with <laughs> eyeliner. Yeah. I do think it's so. I do think it's kind of cool that we we get a little look at sort of like the life cycle of a war boy, where we see yeah. there are a bunch of kids too who yeah, are like kind of living pups, up in the civil, war pups. The war pups, yeah. yeah. So like these guys are indoctrinated from when they're kids, and so that I mean like they're well, not it's, it's, again they're not exactly child soldiers, but they I think have a lot of features of oh, features of I what think we that see. They're supposed to be pretty close to yeah, child soldiers, but, but but yeah, that same kind of like we're gonna psychologically indoctrinate and damage you, and and you know you this is all you know you know kind of thing. Uh, the, it's it's go ahead. Oh, I would say the kind of stuff they played for laugh with Finn in the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I no, do. I I, I do want to real quickly say like uh, that it's really interesting with Nux that um, he he couldn't have survived this film because he also like is never he never fully lets go of the mm-hmm. problem. Like at the end, sure. like he's still saying witness me. Like, yeah, even though he, uh, he's no longer fighting for Morton Joe. Like he's still like too indoctrinated to like exist in a new society. Mm-hmm. You well, know? he's like, an, he's just a war boy and a, for a different person. Pretty much. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, I think also, the, still, Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I think the argument can be made. He's still battle fodder, but like, I don't think that, uh, I think that the difference is that that's not how, capable sees him you know mm-hmm. no yeah. well and also i think that they have a moment that mirrors all the other moments where she's about to leave and he's like i'm gonna be right behind you don't worry i'm coming and she knows he's not and he knows he's yeah. not mm-hmm. yeah. and it's it's so it's you have that same i think it's an echo of the the kind of the furiosa the max and max furiosa. being yeah. like if i'm not back will you keep going or should you keep going and the answer is yes if you're not yeah. back, if you're not mm-hmm. back in time, I'm going to keep moving forward. And I think that they have that moment, too. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I think they actually did a really nice job with Nux. I I thought it, it seemed realistic that he wouldn't Agreed. like he wouldn't be able to, like, kind of drop everything. But I sure. think it also shows that in like in a in a world like this, you don't have much of a choice. You kind of have to get on board or you're just going to die. You know? Yeah. So I I, th- I liked him and I and I understood. Oh, I did too. I understood that his like death made sense, but I also felt sad about it. Like I thought he also oh, had I'm a redemption. He had a redemption arc as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I I would have been happy for him to live, but I understand why he had to be killed off in terms of like symbolism and like that he he still like was. He was still hoping to go to Valhalla uh, and mm-hmm. make feast, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and some of this is, I think, maybe like that. His fatalism is like reflected in the fact that he is he is nearing the end of his half life. He's too. He's, I mean, you know, who knows what kind of uh, uh, cancer he has, but you know, he's he he is he is pale. He's anemic now. Probably has leukemia or something, maybe. And um, and you know, yeah, right? Like like he is. These bumps he is. Get me, it's right. going to be the night sweats or right, whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's staring down the. You know, he's. So, you know, maybe he has, like, sort of a weird death wish, but also he wants to sort of go out on his own terms. Uh, yeah, he get, he gets to go out on his own terms instead of, like, someone looked at me and therefore I'm going out because they want me to. He was right. looking at your blood bag! <laughs> he was scanning yeah. the... Man, Slit's such a dick. Slit <laughs> is a dick, which is why it's hilarious when he's like, I have the blood bag! Shoot! Take me! And he's like, nope! Nope! Yeah. Fuck you, guy! Um, I do... I also... Yeah, I mean, he basically... He starts out the movie being like, I want to die for a righteous cause, and in the end, he gets to. Like, yeah, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, his he gets, sacrifice... He gets his does, sacrifice is righteous. Yeah, it does like it does like protect them and allow for another world to be created. Yeah, mm-hmm. he facilitates hope. 
I was just going to say, I think that this is stuff that everybody talks about with the movie. And so maybe sure. we'd be remiss not to mention it. Um, but we've maybe touched on this a little bit that in the survival situation, the, the importance is, you know, survival above ego. And Max is so awesome at not being egotistical. So it's kind of gross that we have to even call that out. Right. Like, no, oh, no, no, a man behaving right. in a civilized, you know, not not it's... just wanting to boss everybody around and talk over them on the podcast. What a <laughs> what a cool guy. <laughs> it's so it's so fucking powerful, though. Like it is. I like. So, you know, for this podcast, I watched these things multiple times. And, like, my most recent rewatch was, like, earlier today. And mm. I'm just like, I fucking love that he's like, well, you know, like, but 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 whatever you want to do. Like, yeah, yeah. he, like, this moment, like, and it's, it's perfect because we've talked about passing the baton. But, like, there's a moment where they're being chased <clears throat> by the gun farmer and he has the giant light and... Max has three bullets in this giant gun, and we know that because Zoe Kravitz coded yes. them out beforehand, and he takes two shots, and then Fierce comes up behind him and is just, like, watching. <laughs> you you can like, feel that yeah. she's stressed. She's stressed yeah. about what's happening. Well, like, she moves her hands the way that you do when you, like, want to take something, but she's not going to do it, and he hands her the gun, <laughs> and she's like, don't move, and she, like, and then successfully she, delivers the shot. And she uses, and she his uses shoulder him as a, as a gun rest. stand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. Don't breathe. <laughs> it's amazing. It's this amazing moment where, like, Max starts our movie. It's And it's funny because, honestly, until I was rewatching Birds this podcast, I forgot how much of the beginning of the movie centers on him. Because mm -hmm. in my memory, it is a co-shared movie from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, because so much of what's important about this movie is that he passes the baton, is that, like, he defers her judgment, is that he sees, like, an equal, if not someone better than him, someone worth like he was forced to be a blood bag for someone else. But then like when Firos is like dying, like he chooses to be like he wants he wants to be that for her. The yeah. thing that like was so violating before is now a gift he can give. Yeah, And how cool is it that and how unusual in movies that like perhaps the greatest like, you know, climactic heroic act is to provide somebody with a life saving blood transfusion. I no, also love you're right. You're you're absolutely right, especially in a movie that is basically two giant car chase scenes. The, sort of, the final, the yeah. giant, the peak heroism is, and then I transferred my my universal donor yeah, yeah. blood. Then I gave her some, I gave her some blood, and I told her what my name was, and I talked to her, and I held her hand because I was afraid yeah. she might die, and that would that that would that would make me upset. And I'm that would be now very big sad. enough to admit that because my human evolution has you know my I've cycled back around to being a person. But how great at the end when the milking women are the ones who turn the water on and I, pour the yes. water down onto the people. How, how cool it's is that? Great. It's great. It's uh, yeah. Feels good. Instead of uh, instead of being the ones uh, being violated for liquid, they're the ones giving water right. to yeah, everyone. It's, it's kind they of provide. Yeah, it's very maternal yeah. still. So maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not totally cool. The yeah, yeah, maybe not great, but they still them, they still but, are providing. Well, but, yeah, no, no, no. Of, but, of, of, of course, of course, it sucks that Furiosa didn't rescue all of the female prisoners oh, man. in this. You know, I mean, yeah, this ultimate like is this like peak American liberal feminist or like the, the, the lib as opposed to left feminism, where it's kind of like you know, sort of we're only interested in saving the beautiful unsullied women. Can they can only only they get you know sort of I I did like the I critique did of like me have, too and stuff like that yeah. i did potentially have that thought but yeah, i was like yeah, yeah. you know what it's it's okay it all works no, out. It, well what, or, yeah. or, or what, does what it, dun, dun, it was, dun. <laughs> well for me like seeing like those women like with those horrifying dolls that just made me feel like 
These people like aren't necessarily pushing back, and they're very broken, and that yeah. was the difference oh. with uh sure. with with the quote prize breeders is that they they wanted to go, they begged, you yeah. know, like I sure. and I and I think that undercuts like Furious's heroism a little bit in the very beginning, but she's she's there to admit that she says she's looking for redemption, not you know. I'm not a superhero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not. Uh, she, yes. It's it's another it's another flaw, which is which is important. We can't. Mm-hmm. She can't be. She cannot be perfect. And we don't. Know, uh, we also don't know. You know, like maybe maybe after there's like a new regime, maybe providing human milk actually becomes a very important. Like it, it's just it's just weird and violating to us as modern people. You, you know what I mean? That like maybe yeah. eventually these people form subs form their own. Upper caste, maybe, you know, whatever. Just yeah, to say maybe that. maybe instead of the bullet farmers, it's the, the <laughs> yeah, right. milk wives. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The dairy maids are the, <laughs> yeah. are the most well, important. I, the milk maids, guys. Yeah. The yeah. milk maids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think we're at a good place to talk about um, <laughs> my least favorite phrase, which is a Mary Sue. Oh, man. Uh, and that... Uh, does anyone want to define for our listeners who have blessedly oh, yeah. been not exposed to the Mary Sue dialogue what a Mary Sue is? So this is actually really funny because I was not aware it was bad. I thought a Mary Sue was when you wrote a fan fiction and it was about and that was clearly you. You made the character you. That's that's how it started. Yeah, yeah. But but then it got co-opted by uh, a bunch of jackass dudes to be like. This female character is unrealistic because she's too capable. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's a and then, that's a horrifying co-option. Like, yeah. I, 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 would say, I would say that. Like, what's funny is that, like, if you read fan fiction, you definitely can see these sort of impossibly capable authorial of course, self-insertion of characters. Of course, it's yeah. like, but then, fulfillment. But then it gets used so much on the internet when complaining about stuff that it almost becomes sort of meaningless. Um, yeah, like, and, it, and it is. And like they, there's apparently a male equivalent, but like yeah, it's Gary not Stew. We no, but like I, we don't talk yeah. about Gary Stews. We talk about Mary Sues. I think that frequently this is sort of used in bad faith to like argue that women are female good at heroines are in some way like uh, bad or you know worthy of criticism, yeah. which I, I think is sort of trash. Um, it's yes. I do think yeah. that maybe stuff can get kind of Mary Sueish if it sound if when talking about the character, it sounds like you're describing a D and D character, and you're like, no. And the coolest thing is, and also, and also, and also, Mary, do I sound like that when I describe my D and D character to you? <laughs> uh, no, no. Thank you. I'm not even gonna like waste my breath <laughs> arguing about like if Mary Sues are uh, reductive because obviously they are. Um, like it's just like as long, not, as long as we can all agree. Yeah, like, but I will say also, like, if you think Furiosa is a Mary Sue, you're not paying attention to the movie. A lot of her plan does not pan out. Like, and yeah. that is a yeah. thing that I love about characters. Like, I love that most of the time Indiana Jones's plans don't work. Like, mm. that is that's like part of who he is, right? Yeah, and it's it's sort of you have this the, the, both Furiosa and Mad Max are the greatness thrust upon type. They're not born into greatness they haven't necessarily achieved greatness they have a achi- like greatness has presented itself to them and they have to make it happen right mm-hmm. so yeah. they yeah. have flawed bad plans that don't work or plans that should have worked but like you know mm-hmm. twists of fate cruel twists of fate like basically her escape plan didn't work and that's okay yeah, yeah. and it's okay because in the end it all works out 
and she and she does what she has to do and reacts in the moment in a way in a way that makes her a hero and exciting to watch. And that's the important thing. But like to say like, oh, she's too perfect. That's stupid. Her plan doesn't work a lot. She's not too perfect. This, this, this reminds this me. This isn't easy for her. You this know, remi- this reminds me of me uh, yeah. reading stuff about like stupid stuff online about like Ray and Star Wars. <laughs> And they're like, well, actually, a woman has 40% of the upper body strength of a man. So it's totally impossible for, and you're just like, shut up, pee pants. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, I, that I'm that not... reminds me of, of this, mo- like, uh, this screenshot I once saw where a guy was like on Twitter and he says, women shouldn't curse. Agreed? <laughs> and, uh, another, another man responded was like, excuse me, I'm a journalist. I'm writing an article about men who have never sexually pleasured a woman. Can I use you as a quote? And I'm like... <laughs> This is weird. So That's weird. how I feel when people talk about Mary Sue's. I'm sorry. I'm writing an article about men who have never sexually pleasured a woman. It's, it's also, Can I use you as a quote? It's also what super funny to think about like read. Furiosa's and Mary Sue because she also is like, not, not a foil, but like Max is there too. So like she's, you know, roughly as competent as the male hero and you're like, you know, you know sort of or co, you know, whatever. Sometimes I would say more competent, yeah, but for there sure, is for a sure. moment where he's yeah. able to wrestle her down. But like, yeah, yeah but, but no, no, but I mean, like, we're sort of, it's not like, it's not like Furious is the only, is the only superhero, yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That like there's there's somebody who you're like, yeah, she's roughly there's she a, and Max yeah, are they're analogous talented. Yeah, humans, right, so it's right. Not yeah. just like the, in like a war boy killing contest. The world. They're yeah. in the same league, you know, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it's kind of like so. Is your complaint about her that she's that she's about as good and sometimes better than than the male hero? <laughs> that, yeah. that 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 that's quite revealing. I, I think um I think about like probably the i don't know the ultimate but the ultimate female char- female sci-fi heroine I, I i would argue is maybe ripley and i was fascinated I, listening. i think i think mary and i would argue that too yeah, yeah. i was fascinated when listening to your podcast that they were that um uh, when they were casting her they, they they made a big deal about casting her the casting being gender blind um yeah do you think that do you think it's important uh, so is it narratively important or how important is it that Furiosa is a woman both you know like I think it makes the movie better that she's a woman but do you think that this would if if Furiosa was a dude how much would this change the film I think it would change it a lot actually and that's a great question and I think so because I think that all right let's let's look at the very end of this film um they're able to come back into the citadel they uh all the all the people the wretched shout you know like you know bring them up or whatever and max dissolves into the background and that's how every mad max movie ends like him yeah with him going back yeah but um but i think that what's so powerful about that is also that who killed the world um it was it was these men and while it wasn't max he's a reliable you know uh this he doesn't need to be there to rule he doesn't need to be like the power system and mm-hmm. like so i think if furiosa were a man it wouldn't be as powerful that like we are transgressing mm-hmm. you know sure uh so for me it's incredibly important that furiosa is a, a woman mm-hmm. i think that, that like drives home a central message of this film which is that like in this post-apocalyptic wasteland where toxic masculinity and in, 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 in camaraderie with capitalism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, systems of oppression created a hellscape. Mm-hmm. And the antidote to that is hope. 
Let's talk about the MRA. Let's do it. I couldn't actually find a research article about this movie that didn't mention the MRA. I thought we were going to be very <laughs> clever by talking about them. Uh, if you don't know, somehow, uh, the MRA are men's rights activists. And one of their uh, most... Uh, uh, indoctrinate publications, Return of Kings. Please don't bother going to them. Uh, wrote an article about why you should not go see Mad Max Feminist Road. <laughs> um, and there's there's this great, uh, these two great quotes I'd like to pull out and then talk about like if, you know, they're right. So they said that Mad Max is the Trojan horse feminists and Hollywood left, leftists use to parentheses vainly insists on the trope that women are equal to men in all things um and that because if you sheepishly attend uh and fury road is a blockbuster then you me and all other men parentheses and real women in the world will never again be able to see a real action movie ever that doesn't contain some damn political lecture or moray about feminism social justice warrioring and socialism <laughs> and then and you can expect Hollywood to further condition young women to be like Imperator Furiosa and not Sophia Loren. So Sophia Loren, famous <laughs> famous shrinking violet. What? How old is this dude? Yeah. Also, do you think he meant uh, Sophia Lagara and he just messed up? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just find this to be very funny because here's what I'm going to just to start off our conversation. I wish that the legacy of Mad Max Fury Road was that like every action movie uh, had a political lecture. <laughs> had a mandatory 15 minute, yeah, 15 <laughs> yeah. minute lecture feminism, about like feminist socialism, socialism yeah, yeah. equality, you know, <laughs> but they don't because even though this is a blockbuster, literally that was never going to happen. But um, yeah, what do you, what do you all think about that, Murray? And uh, their takes. Winer babies hot, go home. Hot, spicy I don't takes. care. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, like, this is so dumb. I'll be real with you. The last time I read something on Return of Kings, which is now defunct, correct? Uh, on hiatus since October know. 2018. Or, 20, yeah, 2018. Uh, yeah. I think Good. I'm glad you knew I that. I literally tried to avoid them as much as possible. But I had read this article back when it came out. Anyway. Yeah. Um, last time I read uh, Return of Kings was during the Obama administration. Um, and uh, I remember During the being, golden times. Ah, uh, I remember it being so <laughs> the before over. Four times. Yeah, the before so four, correct. I remember thinking it was like the first thing I read, I was like, this has to be satire. Like this has to be there. Nobody thinks this. This is ridiculous. And and I and of course I knew that like it seemed genuine and sincere and that's gross because <laughs> they're gross but I was really nervous when you were like I'm putting this article up take a look and I was like oh man now I have to read it now that I like absolutely have to face that bigotry is like so bald faced now like I didn't know how I would feel about it now like again like I, I was afraid that yeah. I was like naive and was like then and now I've like my eyes are open I would be like people really do feel this way but I'll be real with you this article is so silly. I felt exactly the same. I was like, so this dude is... does read like satire. I was like, this, yeah. this dude is mad because a fictional man got a movie taken away from him? Well, it, it, and also, like, you read it, you're like, wait, has he seen a Mad Max movie? Where it's like, no, Max is always getting bossed around and left behind. Like, that's that's his whole deal. That's his like, whole deal. Oh, Mad Max, what I, a I, cuck. Yeah, no. But, 
thankfully, I think this is before they would call people cucks. But I'm I'm convinced that like yeah, the whole thing is like a is like a weird like like psyop. I wouldn't be surprised if Roosh V, you know, the main like pickup artist piece of shit head of Return of Kings. Um, if it turns out that he's actually three uh, women's studies graduate students, like in a trench coat, <laughs> and so yeah, and it's on hiatus because they all have to defend their their thesis now, and you know we're graduating. It seems so over the top. Although, no, do you know what actually became of him? I read his Wikipedia as well. Oh, what happened to him? Roosh is now a born again Christian and denounces the fact that he ever had premarital sex. Isn't that funny? Oh, really? Because he was like he was like a big like oh sex tourism guy. I think. Yeah, that like, was like his whole deal. That's how he built his fortune. Is like he yeah. was like tricking dumb fortune. women into having sex with me, and then he's like, oh no, I have to go on hiatus because I'm too hateful for PayPal. PayPal yeah, won't support Christ. me anymore. AKA, no one is sending me money on PayPal because what? Um, <laughs> because who uses PayPal? Well, like people use PayPal, but like you're not exactly like I really agree with this person. I'm gonna send them a couple dollars on PayPal. Like it's okay, not. Okay, a- those of us hey, from the hey, before hey guys, four I'm times gonna- remember before Venmo was a thing. Okay, you don't have to be mean about it. I mean, like just the, the fact that he's basically like. I mean, like, he goes through in this article, he's like, it's not that I'm mad that feminism exists and it's in my movies, because it already, or it's taking over Hollywood, because it already is. It's not even that I'm mad that, I don't even remember what the second thing, but it was like a reiteration of that first point. <laughs> I'm not even mad, but I'm really mad. <laughs> and, but then he's like, but what I'm mostly mad is that, oh, it was like that, that, like, ladies will see this and it will poison their mind. I'm not even mad about that. What I'm super mad about is that super cool dudes who think they're going to see a super cool movie are going to be tricked into seeing something Trick. which has feminism involved in it. I'm like, oh, I'm, the worst. I'm like, man, the stakes on this are so high. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mary, uh, you and I talked about this. I really would love for you to reiterate. Uh, oh, yeah. Have you ever felt tricked in yeah, seeing yeah. a movie that you so thought I, was going to be feminist? I tried to, I tried to, I tried to sympathize with this person in this moment. I was like, well, okay, like maybe if maybe if I went to go see a movie and there was stuff that made me super upset, like you know, horrible rapes or. Like blatant misogyny, and I was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Wait a minute, that happens in movies all the time. Like that's just my reality. <laughs> Actually, it's fine, it's yeah. totally fine." So I'm not saying I'm getting tricked into it. I'm like, "Well, that was a sexist movie that I wish I could unsee." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, should have read the what review more carefully before I went to go see that. Actually, I'm probably like gleeful. I'm like podcast fodder. Yeah. <laughs> not so much about violent rape scenes. I, I would be no, totally no. fine if I didn't have to see one of those by uh, surprise I, ever in my life that would be great yeah but. no i i would like to say that there are some things i wish i could unsee but, yes you know, but yeah like that's i guess those are the times i've quote but, unquote been tricked but like that's just like going to the movies <laughs> that's just going to the movies and being a woman that's yeah i don't know <laughs> like i don't know or, or not a piece of shit dude really you know <laughs> yeah well, I think uh, I think we need to take a lesson from Furiosa here. The, what these guys represent is actually a problem in our world. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, you know whether you're talking like alt right or Pepe's and all that kind of stuff. And I think that we should take a take a lesson from Furiosa that there is not negotiating with these pieces of shit. That we need to yeah. kill them and reappropriate all of their water. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're relying on the kindness of a very bad man yeah. if you think that these people are going to negotiate with us, right? You know, right. 
Yeah. No, I'm glad that we ended this on the note of we need to murder them all. Yeah, that's great. So well, calling for violence great, on the end of your great. podcast. No. I am I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on that and also say I do think these people are basically just looking for attention. I think that they're lonely and sad. And yeah. I do think that they hold at least some of these things to be true. Like, I do think that these people are genuine misogynists. I do think that they are genuine bigots, racists, all those things. However, these are not the guys that are making sure that I earn less money than my male counterparts. Like, like, those ones are much more insidious than everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of unfortunate that we have, I mean, it's unfortunate in general that we have them because they're gross, but it's also unfortunate that they, like, represent what we have to fight because they're I don't even think that these are our enemies we should just let these people like die in obscurity you know and instead we need to like go after like I don't know all those white women that elected Trump and like people who are maintaining the status quo it's sort of like if we decided that the way we were going to defeat racism would be if we just were like, once the Klan is disbanded, we've we've done it. Mission accomplished, guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we know that that's not true. Like, it's, yeah. it's institutionalized racism. It's institutionalized bigotry and misogyny. Mm-hmm. That is that is really bad. And it's it's people it's people who would never who would think that the return of kings are lower than scum who sure. still maintain the status quo. And yeah. it's it's unfortunate, but it's true. So, yeah. you know, one bullet, one man. <laughs> oh man man we are we're no shots have been fired on this podcast all right uh <laughs> hey guys is this movie feminist do you recommend it is it important uh i don't know i mean it, it, it was okay but i was a little bit dis- disappointed i sort of wished that a more traditional woman like sophia loren maybe was cast <laughs> I wish it's so, I wish it's so Why did Furiosa like wear a dress or something or like get, like a thong scene or something? I think she that would have been be a like... lot prettier if she just smiled. Yeah. More, <laughs> oh man. You know? Oh, I do like it when she rubs the axle grease on her forehead, like her like yeah. like her rank or whatever. That was awesome. Honest, yeah. honest question. Do you think I can pull it off without shaving my head? I've thought about this. Ooh, I'm like, I, like I have do you have a swim cap? <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, but like the black, like all over your yeah. Mary, I, I, I want to so much. I just. I, I wonder if you like do like so. a really severe tight bun. You might be able to pull it off. Yeah, I think I think it does require like hair, hair clo- like painted onto the head kind yeah. of thing. Well, so. I, I think you could have like hair long and down, but like I think that like uh, on the skull area, you need to have least, slick like, back. It. Yeah, 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 slick back exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm also glad that you and I have both thought about how how we would like, pull this out. I'm like that off. would be that would be a fun look for a Wednesday, right? Like just yeah, like going no, into the I, office. Can I just can I just wear this out on a Friday night? Is it's that fine? Is right? that not? Is that not okay? So, so Nux does say, right, like, I, I love it. I live, I die, I live again, you know, right? So, yeah. you know, redemption, everything. But isn't that sort of like the message of the movie, too? Like, the world, it lives, it died, it will live again. And I think that, yeah. that we could end on a message of hope and not fantasizing about uh, shooting pickup artists. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that we don't, as a society, deserve Furiosa, but we desperately need her. So she's here. Yeah, so she's not the hero we want. She's the hero we need, Batman style. We don't deserve Max. We don't deserve a man who's happily plays second banana in his own namesake movie um, because it serves a better and more interesting movie. But we absolutely need those people. Like, we need them. Yeah. And more importantly, we don't deserve really hope in our civilization. (laughs) We're we're pretty bad. But yeah, we are literally killing the planet. We didn't really talk about uh, climate change or anything, but, like, obviously, like... 
this doubling down on gasoline, like, you know, this nuclear arm again. And it also probably wasn't helped by, you know, factories and, you know, <coughs> fossil totally. fuels burning and uh, yeah. corporations going unchecked in the ways in which they're affecting our environment. And, you know, I'm going to. Yeah. But I mean, like, we don't we don't deserve hope, but we need hope, I think, is what this story is telling us. Yeah. And, and that's that's really good. I really needed to hear that this week <laughs> very badly. Absolutely. And that's why, like, I think it is fun that, like, the hope really, it has to come a little bit from people who would otherwise be dismissed as naive because it takes being able to imagine that things can be better in order for there to be hope. It takes, like, being able to step back. And that's what we're going to keep doing uh, on this podcast, wherein we try and create a space for you all and each other. Right, team? Yeah, right on. Uh, thank you for thank you for being a guest. What a treat! Oh, what a thanks. Dream. It's fun to be on. No, it's always great. I have a podcast with 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 my sister, who's who's you know almost almost as funny as I am. No, probably funny. She than sounds I am. really cool. Yeah, oh, man, she's I great. want to hang out with You'd that love lady. To meet her. I, think, I think I want to be best friends with her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But no, me and Mary have a podcast called Crypt Creepers, where we uh, talk about tales from the crypt and other uh, nostalgia horror movies from our childhood. Uh, and uh, I would appreciate we'd appreciate the ears. Um, we don't call for violence quite so much, but uh, there is still <laughs> some radical political discussion sometimes. Oh my god! Most of the time, all the time. I like the hot takes on yeah, yeah. space frost or more TM tepid takes. Uh, you know, yeah, it's really yeah, yeah. hard if you decide to edit all of this out. Yep, <laughs> definitely will not. You know. <laughs> Just leave it in one right man, high. one man, one bullet. <laughs> one man, one bullet. <laughs> Well, that was awesome. Oh, it was really great having Thomas in the studio, right? He's a gentleman and a scholar. What a nice young man. What a oh. nice young man. Oh. <laughs> An ally and a poet. Oh, just the best. <laughs> An ally and a poet. <laughs> All right. So, Kate, next week, um, we are going to get into one of the first animes to take uh, America by storm. We're going to be talking about Ghost in the Shell. Have you ever seen it? I have not. I'm so excited about it, though. See a movie that'll make you be like, so do the Wachowskis like think of anything new themselves? Or that's just some hard shade. I mean, the answer is no. No. <laughs> when, you, when you see movies that people are, quote, inspired by, it's basically like, nah. Uh-oh. You're like, oh, so it was uh, like, what, 100% stolen? Cool, cool, cool. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to Space Bros. Now, join me as we raise our glasses to the official Space Bros toast. In these troubled times, it is important to remember that while everyone else might suck, we are awesome and the galaxy is ours. Cheers! Outrageous?